dungeon far below. Players arrive in time to die. Man, I love to watch them cry. Grab some dice, grab some fun. Join the teachers in the dungeon. Everybody and welcome to Teachers in the Dungeon. I'm Tom Gross with Dan Ream, and we are the Teachers in the Dungeon. How you doing today, Dan? Well, I'm sad because break is almost because over. because break is almost over. <laughs> Heading back to the classroom. Actually, you know, I say that, and it's gonna. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. Are you? I've got some uh, half my classes are year long, so I'll see the same kids again. Half of them are semesters, so I'll get a whole new bunch of kids. Oh, all right. So kind of the best of both worlds. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm always mixed on day on days like this. So we're recording this on the day before we go back from our Christmas break. This mm-hmm. this episode will release a little after that, but um, I guess I, I like what I do. I, you know, I like the people I work with mm-hmm. and all of that. But there's something to be said about waking up at you know I get up at around five o'clock in the morning and looking at an entire day of like I can do what I need to and what I want yes and and be productive yes and work sometimes just gets in the way of that you know it it does (laughs) yeah yesterday I got up and spent the entire morning so about four hours pulling everything off our storage shelves in the basement everything Mm, yeah and then made my wife come down and help me organize and get rid of stuff we don't need anymore and put it all back and typical sort of dad job I guess and weirdly satisfying to see all the opened up space on the shelves (laughs) yeah so yes and I wouldn't be able and then I turned around in the afternoon and you know worked on the game room and then came up here and did some editing and had all these tasks that I wanted to get done I got them all done yeah I wouldn't have been able to if... Uh, I know. Some of those just... It's like a five-hour job, and you could spread it out over a week and work on it in the evening sometimes, but it's nice sometimes just to get that done. And, and when you've got a lot of those, a weekend just doesn't work. So right. nonetheless, we're heading back. But I want to ask you a question. Um, I was thinking about behind the screen when we're DMing. Yes. Do you ever fudge your dice rolls <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the kryptonite question i think for all <laughs> all dms of course of course i think for almost every dm the answer is yes because i started dming almost immediately after i started playing dungeons and dragons i suppose it could have gone anyway i suppose i could have assumed oh i should never do that mm-hmm. but instead i went the other direction and i was always doing that mm. it's probably a horrible horrible confession so Chris and Mark and the rest of you don't listen. Um, <laughs> but in the beginning particularly, and, and I, I, again, this is, this is full disclosure, all of my yeah. black heart on display. Oh, wow. And then I, I fudge them every way, or did. I was about to ask, is there a particular way in which you fudge? Like yes. Harder or easier? Both. I, particularly at the beginning, if, uh, if I felt like... Uh, a, a fight wasn't going the way I thought it should. Yeah, I'd, I'd just cheat and make things hit that weren't supposed to. Mm-hmm. But then I'd feel guilty, so I wanted to make sure that you didn't actually die because I changed the dice roll, so then I'd have to change them the other way oh. sometimes. <laughs> and it just... it it That's, I think, a, a conundrum that I have gotten myself out of now. 
But for a while, that's kind of how I did it. And that ended up, I, I think, I think from the player role, it was fine in the sense that I, I think in the end, it sort of balanced out mm-hmm. and I could craft combat, combat encounters that were challenging, enjoyable, and yet not unfair in the end. Right. But the way I did it was not allowing the dice to do their magic because, you know, sometimes things are going to go bad. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things are going to go super well. And I wasn't letting either of those things happen. Okay. So that's that's kind of the confession part. And as I said, I've I think I've worked past that now to a different way that I fudge, but I'll let you have a turn oh, first. Oh, okay. And, yeah, so some things, well, some things came to mind, but so obviously the answer, my my honest answer to that question is absolutely, I fudge. I, I try not to. I don't want to fudge, and it's not it's, it's not that I don't want to because I feel like I'm being bad. It's just I like the story to be told sometimes through that chance and yes. through that. Um, but I also don't want a story to be destroyed by a bad dice roll. Right. Um, now, if players make a poor decision and the dice don't go well for them that's a kind of a different story and then it's very dependent it's very dependent on mm-hmm. where do then then i kind of take control and i'm like okay how do i want this to go and so i i usually find myself this is the quite the follow question i was going to ask you but i'll answer it first my question is going to be do you do you find yourself fudging more 20-sided like attack and skill roles or do you find yourself fudging more like hit point damage type roles Mm -hmm. and i would say probably it probably for me it's more of the hit points and damage roles that i or like a saving throw something like that i find myself fudging those more often than i do the chance hitting perception stuff like that because those and i think this is why because in a battle the two hit the 20-sided roll is really kind of the driver of of the story of the battle yeah i don't mind someone getting hit but it's sometimes i'm like okay they've just my roles have been insane and they've been playing well i'm not going to let a character go down because i'm just rolling 20s and i'm just beaten them when they've really been playing really well making good decisions the play yeah if everything's going really well but i just screwed up and had the a too hard of a fight i will i will switch those hits or not the hits but the attack the the damage i have made the mistakes though sometimes not paying attention to how much damage someone has taken and i let them get hit and i'm like i'll just i'll just minimize the damage it didn't matter what the minimum was. I didn't realize they were down to one hit point. <laughs> that right. has happened to me. Oh, shoot. There was something I was, uh, else I was going to say. Oh, I, I want to hear your response to uh, do you find yourself fudging more of the 20-sided roles or, mm-hmm. or others? Right. Uh, but the follow-up question I have to that is when do you think it's necessary? Because I know you do this, and I do this sometimes, you bring the dice, the DM's dice roll, out in front of the screen for the players. All right, we had our monthly uh, air raid, not air raid, uh, <laughs> tornado siren. <laughs> <It's>, 
We grew up during the Cold War, so there were civil defense drills where you had to get under your desk because that's what protected you from nuclear fallout. But that's right. It's um, more like weather (laughs) things. I let's keep it that way. Let's keep it weather. Yeah, things. But it's a Tuesday, ten oh five, first of the month. First Tuesday of the month. So there was a little bit of a jump cut there, folks. Sorry, but Tom, you'd asked me about fudging dice rolls. So I, again, I started out just fudging everything, which was really, really bad. Um, now I don't fudge D20 rolls unless the group is just getting hammered and I'm I'm convinced that I that I created an unbalanced oh, encounter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I will fudge 20s. I will fudge damage rolls down again, kind of like you were saying. If the dice are really working in my favor and it's no fault of the player's and they're just getting hammered, then I will revise damage down a little bit. Um, kind of as a tangent, our my buddy that DMs for me, Jay Gross, that we had on the show yeah. a while ago, he came across a really interesting article we might want to take some time in looking at about how to... Basically arguing that the challenge ratings are not all that accurate. Oh, and, yeah. And usually... If you go specifically by challenge rating, it will be too easy for the players. Hmm. And their solution was actually do the opposite of what we've just talked about, which is to just add, don't add to the AC of the monster, don't add to the hit points, because that just makes it a slog. Mm-hmm. Add to the damage the monsters oh, can do. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's scary, because any monster hit is going to just be bad. Yeah. But you still have you still have just a good a chance as good a chance of hitting back right. against the monster. And I thought oh, that was a pretty smart way to do that. That is interesting. So okay. So anyway. And then your second part, when do I pull the D twenty out and let everybody see? Yeah. So I had to think about that for a minute when you said that, because I know I do it. Uh, for me I do I do it if there's a a situation that doesn't fall into the rules and we have to jerry-rig a solution. Oh, okay. In that case, I want to make sure that they know that I'm not just inventing something. And they'll say, okay, we all agreed on that? All right. Roll it out in front. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. And then that, that I think, disp- not that people are going to, after now they're going to convince me of cheating because of what <laughs> I just confessed, but in general people wouldn't think that I was cheating, but it just... It just keeps everything on the up and up yeah okay i i think a lot of times i'll pull it out in front of the screen when it's like a very dramatic role yeah like if we know somebody is is very wounded yeah and everyone's like on the edge of their seat i'm like okay i don't want anyone to think Mm -hmm. that i'm messing around back here or you know or if if they have played very heroically but they've just made some decisions that have not gone well, mm-hmm. I'll pull it out in front for that drama yeah. of, okay, they're attacking you, and you got one hit point, or you know, you're almost down, and here we go, and I'll put it out in front and I'll roll it mm-hmm. so that everybody gets to sort of enjoy that that moment of of the die roll and seeing the result and like the the, the either the elation or the dread of You know, you can do you could combine those. You could roll it behind the screen and then, and then look at it and look at the rest of them. 
and then lift the screen <laughs> lift and the let screen. them see. Oh what gosh! They, what and everyone got. lift the screen because it's it? such a mess back then. Well, that's true. That's true too. You'd have to kind of get it out. But yeah, I yeah. Um, w- one tangent to what you said. One thing that I I think you do that I I think is really smart is it's not that you fudge dice rolls, but if if the dice go against a player, sometimes there's a fallback. And I think this is obviously more with skill checks and, mm-hmm. and things like that where, you know, oh, no, they're going to fall. Or and if they fall, they're going to die because this is, you know, you, you tend to give them, you know, okay, so you failed that. You're, you've slipped over the edge. You can make one more dice roll to try to grab on right. or, or things like that. And I think, that's, I think that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I think that is a, also a nice way that the players realize, hey, you're on their side. You're not right. trying to kill their character with this yeah. cliff. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess when I look at it and I think about as being a DM and what like what our purpose is, is it always comes back to the story itself. Yeah. Um, you know, combat is sort of just an obstacle that the players have to overcome to continue that story. Um, and the dice add that randomness. To mm-hmm. it, you know. I mean, have you ever been tempted to just like there's an encounter and you're like, wait, what was I thinking? Why? Like, have you ever announced that there is something there, and then immediately thought, I wish I would just skip this. <laughs> like, I wish I would just skip this. And the temptation for me sometimes is like, you guys, you guys handle this combat with no problem. You you take care of it. There's we, we you don't roll at all and you just describe that, you know, you are able to just. Com- completely annihilate this advanced scout of of goblins but they were there yeah because you know when you're dealing with fifth sixth level characters i mean the reality of it is an advanced scout is probably going to be kind of red shirts and in you know or, or just you know fodder well and there so is, you could describe that i don't know if it's in player's handbook but i know somewhere within mm-hmm. the the rules or suggestions is the whole minions concept where you you have if if you're facing a horde or a large number you can treat them as minions as a dm they still have the ac and the attack of a regular creature but they only have one hit point oh gotcha okay. so any hit that's done takes them out <laughs> and i think that's i think that's kind of a a smart thing to do yeah. and that could be a way that you handle those sorts of combats particularly if it is if you're fifth sixth level and it's a goblin scout right you are going to be able to mash them pretty quickly yeah okay that's a good point um so yeah i'm trying to think of other times that i am tempted to uh fudge the dice or times that i'm not and so here i'll talk about one that actually we'll talk about in the water deep soon okay in the next couple uh episodes of our of that adventure is you know when when a character does die Mm mm-hmm you know, you are 100%, well, I shouldn't say 100%, you are most, I mean, you are probably in control of that final role of that character dying. And so the temptation often is, I don't want to kill somebody's character, especially after, you know, they've got third third level or higher. I don't normally have trouble knocking off characters that are first or second level. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's an investment there. But at the same time, I feel bad about it because first and second level characters are quite fragile, especially if the player hasn't 
hasn't like really invested in figuring out how do I preserve myself. Yeah. But once you're third, fourth level and you've, you know, in many classes, you've got those special subclasses and the character is really starting to develop. So there's an instance where, and this was unique because it was only pandemic and we were playing online and we were not using online dice rollers. No. We were we were just going on the honor system and we were all yeah. rolling dice at our own desks and then just sharing the numbers on video or just t- saying what the numbers were. One character fought very well through this certain battle. And I, I'm going to stay very vague because we're going to tell this in more detail in a little, in, mm-hmm. in a few weeks. And they had an opportunity to, to, to walk away from the battle and everyone be just fine. But this individual, this player, chose to, their character chose to pursue a, a villain who was exiting, leaving, fleeing the battle. Mm-hmm. They pursued engaged them and I, I will never forget it was it was quite late at night for us that's you know that's 11 10 30 <laughs> 11 o'clock but but it was you know after playing since about six o'clock it felt very late at night mm-hmm. and I will never forget rolling because this character the the villain had three attacks and it was that third attack that was just annihilating you guys throughout this entire battle. Mm-hmm. And and I made the first attack, second attack, both those hit, and then the third attack was a critical. And I thought, I, I, I didn't really know what to do. <laughs> because, oh, yeah, yeah. Because they were going to die. I knew they were going to die. And Because that would be enough to take them down. Yep, past that threshold of, you know, no death saves, it's just death. And I remember looking up at all of you, your digital <laughs> faces <laughs> on the computer, and I just, and one of our character, one of our players had to step away, and I rolled the dice, and I just, I, I remember seeing the result, and I knew I didn't even really have to roll the damage, but I did anyway. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I, I don't, like, it, oh, it was so hard. I wanted to fudge so bad, mm-hmm. but I thought, I want to honor this I want to honor this character's decision. Yeah. And this player's decision. Yeah. And I knew that they would be sad. I knew that it would be shocking because it's in our group, it's the first time a character had died in like our extended group from our other adventures and everything. And I just remember looking up and, and I don't even remember what I said. I, th- I, I think I said, you, you died. <laughs> and, and it's those moments that you're, you're thinking as a DM, I don't, want the story to change but in this instant the things that were running through my mind were this character it was a very difficult fight for you guys Mm -hmm. some players were not making good decisions some players were making really good decisions some were rolling well some weren't rolling well i mean it was really a very even battle in fact i think our entire game session was almost this battle I think we yes. spent four hours, mm-hmm. and again, it's being remote that slows things down slightly and whatnot, but it was probably a four-hour battle, which I, d- I don't ever draw those up that way, but it's just the way it turned out. Yeah. And 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 this player makes this... I felt like he made a decision. Like, I even kind of thought we're out of initiative, everything's settling down... I had in my head as the DM thought, I know where the story goes from here. But he was like, I'm, I'm going after. 
thinking, okay, can the numbers work out? Can this individual catch up with the other, with the villain? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was like, they can. They can do this. Okay, do yeah. it. Like all of the little DM tricks that you do, your T-shirt that says when the DM's smiling, you know it's all over, or whatever, your, whatever the quote is on your shirt. I gave them all of those things <laughs> saying, you can. You, can I pursue? You can. <laughs> you can try. You can try. And all through that, and I'm like, okay, they made, they made that decision. So I was like, I'm not, I, I, in my head, I was like, I'm not fudging the roles. But then as the roles were happening and I saw how it was going to go down, I wanted to fudge them so bad. That was a good decision because it did become very memorable for the for the game and for us as players. Mm-hmm. And it did it did raise the stakes to know, well, you could this can happen to your character yeah. if things don't go well and if you are uh, impulsive. Right. It, what I was going to say, what that that sort of negates the point I was going to make is that this might be by design in 5e, but the death saves do take the pressure off the DM. Very much so. Particularly when a char- if, a ca- if a character is not alone and there are others around it, him mm-hmm. that can... I've, I haven't ha- had any deaths in our group, but other groups that I've DM'd, I have. Mm-hmm. And there was one instance where, quite frankly, I think the other players didn't care for this player. Oh. And he went down due to his own actions. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody in... There were a couple that had healing abilities. And I don't think they intentionally thought, I'm going to let him die. But I think it was, we're in the middle of a battle. I'm going to do this first. Right. And at the same time, underlying was, I don't feel like helping this person. Hmm. And that character died. Yeah. They just rolled badly on their death saves. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we're, we've been talking about death here, but that is, I mean, that's, if you're going to fudge rolls, most of the time you're fudging a roll to try to avoid death. Yes. Or just a, an awful situation. Do you ever... Yes, just to be clear, I've oh. never fudged a roll to kill somebody. I've never, yeah, right. I've never... You know. I have fudge rolls to try to keep people from dying, <clears throat> yes. but not, yes. to, not to kill somebody. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Um, maybe a villain... <laughs> yes. I fudge, you know, if I just wear a villain or a monster or something like that, I'm like, this battle's ready to be done. I'm just, they're not going to hit anybody again, or, you know, if they do. But, so this is, so this, it leads, this conversation leads to this question. Do you ever, do you ever do, because the player roles are public. Everybody can see what the player is rolling, so a player never gets to fudge. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, as a DM, tried to find ways to help a player fudge a role by giving it advantage where maybe advantage wasn't, you know, by rules wasn't an option, or you're like, oh wait, I, you you get plus four three on that because of, the, have you ever done that or, or how how do you help the players to keep a story going when the dice isn't going their way? Right, right. Well, the thing that occurs is giving inspiration. I never, never remember to do that. Uh, yeah, true. But that is one that is one mechanism that's embedded. And that, again, we learned that at GaryCon. We played a couple times where yep. people were throwing out inspiration quite mm-hmm. a bit. And that was really cool. Yeah. And it does encourage role play, and I need to remember to do that. Aside from that, no, I, I did have, I, I will say, I did have a game where there were some really bad decisions and bad roles. And had two player characters that were in 
way over their heads. Mm-hmm. And I sort of, you know, I didn't create a super powerful NPC to just come in and save the day, but there was one quite powerful NPC that I had that they would encounter after this fight. Oh, right. And since the fight went badly, I had to move that up and have that that NPC okay. tell the... Because it, it was so bad, they didn't even... These two characters had gone ahead of the others. They hadn't remembered to set up a, hey, if we don't come back by this time, come and get us. Right. So these two were just... They had been captured. They were going to be eaten. Yeah. <laughs> so I had the NPC come and get the other players and say, hey, your friends oh, are in trouble. I like that. One of my players is is quite astute, and he made some mention. I don't think he meant it to sort of poke at me, but he said something about the deus ex machina, you know. The, <laughs> and, and so I made a point of saying, after all was said and done, hey, just so you know, this character was there. Mm-hmm. I had already planned. They just got involved a little earlier. I like that. You know, we're talking about fudging dice rolls, but there, in that case, you used part of the story to kind of change the change the balance mm-hmm. in in a combat situation. I know you've done that, in, and I know as DM, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm going to bail them out, and they're going to know I'm bailing them out. But there was this instance, and when you started telling that story, I thought I thought that was the time that Marcus and I, it was Wade and uh, Bert. Mm-hmm. We're facing off. We thought we had the hag as our ally, mm-hmm. and the white showed up, and then the hag turned on us. We, we were deep in it. There was, there was no way we were going to survive this. And then you had the fighting fae show yes. up. And I think at one point, after after the fact, I think you said something like, I hope it didn't feel like I, I bailed you out on that. And quite frankly, as as the player... I was so thankful the fighting fate were there that I thought it was just part of the story. I thought that that yeah. was the intent because you, I mean, we were way in over our heads on that. And that actually was part of the story. Okay. That I did yeah. intend. I, I did, <laughs> I did set you up on that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I, I knew a night hag would be yeah. beyond you. And I thought this, this probably becomes metagaming, but you'd already met a green hag, but a green hag and a night hag are very different. Yeah. Things. Yeah. And, you you sort of fell into just assuming that yeah that this one would behave like the other one mm-hmm. did and that so there it's player ignorance getting ourselves in too deep <laughs> but uh, but yeah so oh okay well I was just wondering how that how that works with you uh, when when rolling dice and you know I I guess I just assume DMs fudge rolls. I never assume that they are just going straight up because they they know the story and they know what's behind the next door. Yes. You know, the DM knows and and so whether it is a DM who is directing traffic or it's a DM who's letting the players kind of sandbox or or you know do what they want to do, I guess either way I assume that that they're right that the dice are and, and I you know it wouldn't be fun if I knew that you were fudging every single dice roll. I know that I know that there's chance out there, mm-hmm. but I assume that there are places where for whatever happens in there. So I think it's just part of the game. Yeah. I think it's yeah. part of the game. We're all learning. But I, I love I love your your point of using something from the story that maybe will help it to where we don't have to yeah. fudge dice rolls. That's cool. All right. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Should this be a regular uh 
segment on Teachers in the Dungeon. We had talked about, yeah, this could be our new series, recurring series of behind the screen. Yeah. I think I think something I like about it is that we get to hash out things as DMs that we always have question about. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it's easy to for everybody else to sort of jump in on this conversation. Let us know what you think. Do you do fudge dice rolls or... Confession is good for the soul. I don't you think should. I've ever met a DM that says, I never fudge dice rolls. Are you that DM? <laughs> that yeah. I've never I mean, I don't know. How how does that how does it change if you are a hard, hard and true I never defudge the dice rolls if someone smack down they're smack down and it changes the story. I don't know. Let us know what you think. Are there 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 times that you are for sure going to fudge a dice roll? Are there dependents like we talked about here today? Let us know on social media. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yeah. or uh, send us an email, teachersinthedungeon at gmail.com. We'd love to put your comments on the show, maybe continue our conversation of this, or maybe even other topics as we uh, move forward. So anything you want to conclude on? No, no. Just to reiterate that I have grown as a DM and I no longer fudge against players. <laughs> <laughs> if a fight, If a fight is a wipeout that they just destroy the monsters, so be it. Yeah, that, that's fun too. Absolutely, absolutely, and it builds confidence. And and sometimes they'll see what worked. In mm-hmm. you know, it, yes. you know, they yeah. they might look at strategy that they're like, we've never done that strategy before. Or I know a place where I was really stymied as a DM is when someone pulled out a spell they'd never used before, and I'm like, you had that command spell? <laughs> I didn't know you had that command spell. What does that command spell do? And it just it threw me for a loop. And I'm like, okay. I, you won a battle that you probably shouldn't have, but I didn't. I wasn't expecting that. Right, so, right. Cheers, tip of the hat to you. Yes. Didn't fudge anything. So, mm-hmm. the story is what the story is. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll conclude here at Teachers in the Dungeon. Until next time, keep well. Keep rolling those twenties, but if you need to fudge it, just go ahead. You're behind <laughs> the screen. We'll see you next week. <laughs> that wraps up today's session. So, thank you for listening to Teachers in the Dungeon. We appreciate you and your feedback. Until the next time we see you in the dungeon, we hope you roll high on those saving throws. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure, subscribe to the podcast. Have questions, thoughts, or ideas? Check the show notes for our website and our contact information. This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.